Hey, everybody. Uh, before we get to the main part of the chapter, just dropping in a little part. August went out to Colorado and caught sleep during their little run there. And he's just going to talk about his experience because I always like to get his opinion on these things because, you know, he's out there. He's like our correspondent out in the field, our unofficial correspondent. Enjoy. So, yeah, how was it, dude? I it, I had a blast. Um, it was really amazing. The flight was short, which is the one of the greatest things ever. I got good rate on a hotel because I work at a hotel now. So I was able to get a significant discount on hotel room. The show was amazing. Uh, from all accounts, it was here of the five. Apparently, uh, I picked a good one. Not to suggest that any of the shows were bad that anybody went to. The first show certainly looked like it was in a strange facility. Um, me- meow something? Yeah. Meow Wolf. It's a uh, immersive art gallery. Uh, there was one in Denver. A lot I took of art it. galleries. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know what it is? No, it's not that art. They play a lot of art. Gallery. They play a lot of different venues. You know what I mean? Like Al, I'm assuming it's Al, likes to just play at different cool places. You know what I mean? Everywhere from uh, the Met, the Egyptian, you know, Temple of Dundor in the Met, to um, the Chicago Observatory. Um, I mean, he's played in Jerusalem for fucking five yeah. hours with Ohm. There you go. I think it would be awesome for Ohm to play in that uh, Mammoth Caves. You know what I'm talking about? That cave in Tennessee, or I think it's in Tennessee. There's like a yeah. cave that yes. does shows. Yes, yes, That's Yeah, I, I'm, if that happens, if Ohm ever books there, I'm, I'm, that's going to be a fly out for me. That'd um, be like if, if Sleep was playing Red Rocks, I would have totally been in. But if yeah, that ever happened... Been. That's like bucket list. For well, me. you know, it's not really that far of a stretch. I've seen some of the bands that play there, and to me, they don't seem. You know what I mean? But like, I think that's the kind of venue you have to be approached to play. I don't think it's the kind of thing where you can. I don't really know anything about it, honestly. But it just—it seems like the kind of place where they ask you to play. You don't, you know, ask them to play. I, I think it's it probably it's probably because people just want like I assume everyone wants to play there. Yeah, yeah, of course it's beautiful. So they have to be like, no, what works? So, but I feel like they would do it. I mean, fucking oh, yeah. Highland Highland played there. Yeah, Mastodon's yeah. played there. Primus has yeah. played there. Fucking yeah. ridiculous amount of bands have played there. This is true. I drove past it last week. We went out to. Uh, we were just trying to get into up into the mountains for a little bit, and uh, we drove up to Idaho Springs, Colorado, and hung Who did out you there for with? a little bit. Oh, uh, I met my buddy Kyle and my buddy Pete, the two guys uh, I've known for 20-plus years. We used to play in bands together. We all went to high school together. Pete lives in South Carolina. Kyle still lives in New Jersey. Pete drove from South Carolina to Denver. Uh, wow. pretty much almost straight. Yeah. Um, I think he pulled over like once for two hours and then like another one for like, you know, three or four hours and Kyle flew to Denver and then we picked him up at the airport and then it, we all went, we, you know, we all hung out and then saw the show and then they dropped me off at the airport. I flew back to Minnesota and they drove down to born late records in Fort Worth. 
the guy from Henry from St. Vitus and Blood of the Sun and okay. uh, his record store. They took a, uh, a pilgrimage down there. Uh, I haven't seen any of their spoils yet, but I'm sure they spent a couple hundred bucks. They uh, and then drove out to South Carolina, and I think Kyle's flying home tomorrow. It was really I hadn't seen I've seen Pete, you know, I, uh, like I saw him last year and stuff. You know, what I mean, we hang we see each other fairly regularly, but uh, Kyle, I haven't seen him more than ten years. He uh, had wow. since had three kids, and so I'm sure that takes up a lot of your time. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. Unless you're like Tim Bugby, who just fucking drags his kids to all the shows. <laughs> hey, look, Otis didn't look like he was uh, having a bad time at the show. Oh, I, <laughs> I saw him. Yeah, man. Oh, shout out to Tim Bugby, too, as always. The incomparable Tim Bugby, who uh, I saw in Denver and once again got to hang out and speak with. I saw a lot of people. I saw friends. I saw I met new friends. Uh, I saw a lot of old friends. I'm going to just do a couple shout outs really quick, I guess, uh, to all the awesome people that I can remember. If I don't remember your name, I'm terribly sorry. Here goes. Shout out to Travis Huffines, who is uh, also incomparable, and uh, my buddy uh, in all things sleep and Gravel Dead. Shout out to David Hurd. Shout out to... <laughs> oh my god, this is terrible. I should have made a list. Shout out to um the dude who sat next to me on the plane on the way back who was at the show. It was his first sleep show. He had a rush shirt on. I was like went to sit down and I saw his rush shirt and I just looked at him and he looked up and I I I could see him reading my shirt with his eyes. It was a Sabbath worship shirt. I could see him like read the, the two words with his eyes and then his eyes just like lit up and he just started smiling and we just like started you know we talked the whole time uh and then as soon as i got home he had a request friend request from him he's now a member of the group uh that's basically so funny you know, he was yeah, like was. you were there and you're like you were there you were like okay well he no it was more like, like he like smiled he was like <gasps> and like before he said anything i was like yeah dude I was like, of course i was there <laughs> you know there were no other major metal events happening that weekend in Colorado. Like anybody who was yeah. into like that band was probably there. I saw, in my opinion, uh, a fair amount of people staying at my hotel who were going to the show. The two dudes in the parking lot who uh, smoked a joint with, I can't remember your names, but the guys kick ass. Uh, the one guy had a sleep shirt and the other guy had a, a dead meadow shirt. So like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> awesome. Uh, those were the first two like stoner dudes that I saw. Uh, and then progressively as the, like, cause I got there on Friday and the show was until Monday. So like by Sunday, I started seeing a lot of people, but those two dudes were there earlier. Uh, like, or like me, you know, they got down early, man, what a good time. Oh, Daniel Davis. Shout out to Daniel Davis. Shout out to all the crew crack, everybody read amazing show. Just amazing sound and everything uh all the new people on the crew who i don't know um, it really sounded amazing too holy macaroni it was probably sounding wise it was one of the best sleep shows i ever like the place was the, 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 the it was the i'm sure it was the venue like that that was just one of the biggest places i've ever seen them play bigger than terminal five this place yeah big that place is pretty big i can't 
tell you exactly how many people were in there because i was like literally against the rail what was the name of the venue was it black cat mission ballroom mission ballroom somebody told me that it's one of those places that like the back wall of the place can like move it's back just shy and forth of 4,000 like, people. Okay. Somebody told me that there's like, like if you, are you looking at a picture of the empty venue? No, hold on. Let me there's like, oh, uh, there's like a, there's like a, it's like kind of Coliseum-ish. And somebody told oh, me that the back wow. wall, the back wall moves up and down, like moves it up and down, back and forth, pardon me, uh, oh, to accommodate the size of the show. You know what I mean? Oh, these kinds of venues are definitely laid out for like, good sound it sounded really good in there uh, and i was like you know against the rail and it still it sounded amazing yeah man it was just we parked in the dispensary for the sleep show how cool is that you know <laughs> parked the car in the dispensary did you go to the, the guy dispensary part, i did not uh the guy uh i already had a bunch of weed in my pocket i didn't care to i didn't even need to it was great because it was 420 there was a sale at the dispensary I walked into, the first place. You'll love this. This is great. I uh, I go in there and I'm like, the lady's like, hey, can I help? How can I help you? And I'm like, let me just get like a gram uh, of something. I just want to try like some stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, I was like, you know, obviously top shelf uh, indica. And she's like, uh, well, a gram is going to cost you like 13 or 15 bucks. I was like, okay. She's like, but an eighth will cost you 30. And I was like, oh, well, let me get an eighth. And she's like, but since it's 420, we have $50 half ounces straight out the door, no tax. <laughs> nice. I was yes. like, of this? And she's like, yes, of this. And I was like, let me get one of those. So I literally spent $50 on weed the whole time. And I, I just smoked out of this half ounce. And then I still had like a big fat nugget at the end of the day. I gave to Pete when I, before I got on the plane. I was like, you know, because I can't comply with it. But uh, such a good deal. So, uh, yeah, we parked in the dispensary. The guy at the dispensary offered us wine coolers and uh, passes to a strip club uh, that we did not either take or go to. We should have at least taken the wine coolers. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, it was funny the way he asked, too. He was like, you guys into, you know, wine coolers? You guys want some wine coolers? We got some. <laughs> Wait, what? You guys, you guys yeah, into was... strip clubs? I feel like that's what he should have let in with. Well, that was the third thing he actually offered. He said he offered the wine coolers, and then it was something in the middle, and then he said passes to the strip club. I can't remember what the middle thing was. Though. It was a sandwich. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Probably a cocktail sandwich. The, uh, I think the, the merch drops were insane. You've seen it, I'm assuming. Yeah, I saw the poster. I got one Have of the you... T-shirts. Nice. Have you seen the, you've seen the record? Uh, the one with Snake Plissken on it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Okay. Like, if I was there, I probably would have been like, "Fuck it, I'm buying this." Like, I have it's, to. But I was yo, like, ah. "Well, you were at the show, Dingus. It's Brooklyn Steel." I know, I was at. The, I know, I know. That's <laughs> yeah. why I was like, "Oh man, I was at that show too." Yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome. Uh, it's so thick. The recording. I was just listening to it again today, right before I was, right before we were doing this. It's so, it's so fucking thick. It sounds amazing. I'll just have to find someone nearby that might have it, and I'll be like, "You come over here, play this at my house." Yeah, that that, that was that was a really nice surprise. For, uh, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I got number one thirty-eight. Kyle got number one thirty-nine. So you got the Misfits rec- number. 
Yeah, we, yeah, I did. Yeah, completely random. I just that's what she handed me. Kyle bought one, MP bought one, so we all, we actually all bought the same amount of merch. They're the same merch items. Like I bought a poster and the record. I bought the regular edition of the poster, and both of those dudes bought the foils and the record. Wow. And Pete doesn't, and Pete doesn't even have a record player. This is his first record. He just bought it just because. That's awesome. He to get it. <laughs> oh. And uh, and he's yeah, and he's not even into poster uh, really collecting. I mean, uh, he picked a good one to get his first. Uh, yeah, to get his first one. Kyle has some posters and stuff, but Kyle actually has the sickest music collection you've ever seen physically like the he has i'm not exaggerating when i tell you probably twenty thousand cds um an entire room in his house just dedicated to music all kinds of records all just yeah but anyway they didn't break out any like rarities right not they really kept they... it, like a pretty safe set list yes um no dope smoker appearance which is i'm fine with because that makes that that like shrouds it even more into mystery and makes it even more special when they do bless you bless us with it live in my opinion kind of keeps us chasing it too you know what i mean like you're chasing a dark star or something you know the first show and the matinee show early show first afternoon show were both one song shorter than the nighttime show counterparts so, uh, which isn't that, I don't think that's that unexpected, really. Maybe for the first show, but the, uh, definitely not the. I mean, for what they show, were doing, that was like, you know. It's what, still 70 minutes. What, you know I, what I mean? Right, like, but it, it's like, <laughs> excuse me. They were doing what, five shows total? Yes. Yeah, that's five shows for them. You know, they ain't no fucking spring chickens. Like, they're like, shit, we got it, you know. They got to keep it manageable. Yeah. The uh, choice of gear on Pike's part was very conservative. His stacks look pretty small. Well, they were, he was playing Soldanos, mm-hmm. which are amazing amps. Like, they are like, why so many people shit amps. on the Soldanos? Like, fucking Warren Haynes plays a Soldano. I'm you, Warren Haynes plays a Soldano. All right. And, I, and he's played a Soldano since the first time I ever seen him play. That dude's the greatest guitar player, like one of the one of the fucking greatest guitar players on the face of the planet. I don't give a fuck. The dude can play whatever he wants. Pike can play whatever he wants. It still sounded amazing. It it literally, if you closed your eyes, you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. You know what I mean? But it's um I just thought it interesting his choice of gear. You know what I mean? I could tell that that's probably because normally when they get those big orange, when he gets that big orange wall. That's all rented stuff. I'm pretty sure that 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 was his own. Those are his Soldanos that he plays for with like High on Fire. Yes, I believe I've seen him with the Soldanos before. Yes. Soldano are uh, a boutique amp company. The guy, I believe, I know I could be wrong about this, but I believe that he started hot rodding Marshalls. And that's how he started his company. Because the, you know, people were after his certain hot rodded uh, marshals that he made. And then all of a sudden he was like, you know what, maybe I could just make these kind of my own. And that's what he did. Those amps are friggin' awesome. I mean, as I said, uh, dude, Warren Haynes' sound is like as heavy 
as anybody else that we listen to at times, you know what I mean? Just not always like that. Like, you know, but there's times there's for sure. I mean, you listen to the Sabbath set that they do, you know, but Pike's rig. Yeah. yeah, I believe those are, you know, I believe we, you know, you, what we heard was his own uh, gear. I made a joke about the, because the opening, the intro for leagues at Denver, Pike started tweaking his guitar and he knocked it out of tune and he struggled for a second, getting it back in tune and Chad had to come out and just help him really quick. But he got right back on track before the intro even ended. And then he doubled down. It was the baddest leagues ever after that. You know what I mean? Like, you know how he does sometimes like he'll fucking be like, fuck that. I got to deliver now, you know, and he'll just fucking, but he was, that was the only guitar switch and it was to the Les Paul. He played leagues with the Les Paul. You know, and I made a joke about how the Bob Weir guitar never would have done that to him. <laughs> but, but we're not going to go there. Maybe I already did. You catch the opener? Hell yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, what uh, are they like, never, man? What are they like? Two guitars and a, and a vocalist who also played a melodica on two songs. At times heavy, but mostly not. Poetic very poetic lyrics, uh, surreal, po- surrealistic, poetic lyrics, and uh, an amazing voice. Really uh, sort of blues. I heard a lot of blues influence in there with the three-part harmonies going across. I heard a lot of almost like a Simon and Garfunkel kind of song style songwriting, more into even like a Velvet Underground kind of sound on some of the songs some of the songs like there was like the first like some of the songs were kind of heavy you know what i mean there was definitely some mm. uh distortion even in the song at least coming out of the one guitar player kind of hard to describe what it was but it was i mean it was great um they kept the same they as always they brought the completely correct vibe for sleep you know before to play for mm-hmm. sleep to play too you know what i mean the opener in question is Bad Wolves, and it's Matt Sweeney and Bonnie Prince Billy, who Sarah's a huge fan of. Definitely, as I like to call it, vital music. You know, it's when you're feeling vital. Oh. It's a, I think that's a good way to describe it. You oh. know, it's like kind of yeah. kind of melancholy, right? You know? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And, and then was, Matt um... Sweeney, I think I saw Matt Sweeney when I went to go see Iggy Pop, and he was playing with Josh Hame and a couple of those guys. I think he was in that lineup. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know him that much from anything else. And, and there was another dude. Well, my thing says, it doesn't say Bad Wolves. My thing says Super Wolves. Because there was Wolves. another. Okay, also. Well, also, Bonnie Prince Billy. Super Wolves. Sorry. I, Bad Wolves. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, I'm tired. You're fine. You're fine. Also, Body Prince Billy. His, I, I believe, his name is Will Odom. In real I don't think life, his name. Yeah, I don't think his name is Bonnie Billy. I think his name is. Uh, I think he has like five names. Uh, yes, it is Will Oldham. Oh, what a surprise! This album came out on Drag City. No wonder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Cause uh, that's the kind of music that it would be. You know, what I mean, that kind of. I don't know what what kind of music they put out like that alternative-y kind of good but not like popular right you know what i mean like it's right 
Like there's that's probably the maybe even the third fourth band I've seen on that label that's opened up for sleep. Circuit de Yi was on Drag City or is on Drag City. Their last album was actually really cool too. I listened to it not too long ago. And then like a couple other bands too. I and, don't believe that bit about him playing live. Oh, here he yes, yes. What? In addition to Pop and Hame, the tour included Dean Fertitta, whoever this person is. Matt Sweeney played bass guitar. Oh, he played bass on, huh? for the Iggy Pop shows. Oh, oh, so it the one with Iggy Pop and Josh. Oh, I yes. see. Uh, Post pop depression. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's cool. And the other guitar player that was with him, Tim Bugby, would freaking nail would know all this stuff. He probably knows the guy. I think he was played with a lot of people too, but I can't remember his name. <laughs> I would yeah. like to see Sleep player. open for Iggy Pop. I think that would be fucking. that would be cool i mean i guess that did happen right at all tomorrow's parties back in the day did iggy pop play that show i believe i yes i believe he headlined it was i know it wasn't him it was the stooges that's even better the the uh yeah the uh it was it the same day that sleep played i believe so or i don't know they i just know there's a quote out there from jason or al where they were saying like you know, what's it like being here? And they're like, oh, we're like opening for the Stooges. Like what, like, what is there to say? Like, it's amazing, you know, like, it's, yeah. it's a, you know what I mean? It was definitely uh, when all of the, like the, the deeper underground bands were getting pulled up and festival curation was starting to become a thing. And there was, you know, kind of like you were going to see not just, a bunch of old school punk bands, but maybe you're going to see some of these old school metal fan metal bands. And, and I don't mean like old school lists. Like when we're talking about a band that put out two albums, you know, obviously you yeah. know, like example sleep and they're going to fucking play. And it's, just, you know, and then it just goes from there, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you, the next time you get a chance talk to, you should ask Tim about it because Tim went to those and yeah, uh, that's, yeah, yeah. he said, I, I think he said that was where, a lot of what he does now and how like who he goes to see like a lot of that traces back to that fest because i know he he spoke incredibly highly of it so i'm I'm, uh, glad that you had a good time man i'm very jealous i mean you know you've gotten to go to two pretty fucking rad sleep events you know what i mean i've only seen them once and i'm hoping they just come back here this year that'd be nice well i'm gonna hope for you too man they were just fucking dead heavy, bro. They were just annihilation. It was so fucking good. And a double yeah, neck bass. <laughs> oh yeah, Dal, Dal debuted his new signature. Four four D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because he he uh, changes uh, for leagues. It's in B leagues is in mm. B, and uh, all their other songs, I believe, are in C standard. And um, so he used to switch bases, but now he doesn't have to. And I'm I'm also you know, almost a hundred percent confident in saying that a lot of that has to do with a lot of the appearance of this thing in reality has to do with Al being a huge rush fan. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? So I don't think that's known to a lot of people. I think that a lot of people, you know, even though there's hints and stuff all along the way, you know what I mean? Like the Canadian sleep poster that Dave clock did. Yeah. You know what I mean? With the double bass, 
spaceship, you know, double neck flying spaceship thing. It'd be funny if he was like, actually, I'm a bigger fan of Chief Trick, but I can't do that. I can't what? do the, I can't do the ten neck guitars. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> what what is stupid the ten neck guitars oh my are my really yeah, bad that fucking guy, no the fucking guy from team trail ever tell you about the time i went to see them no i saw them i thought they were good <laughs> i was well you know what happened was i was working the show and it was like just to think it was like a really shit day and there wasn't a lot of people there and we weren't making any money so we we're like leaving and i kept like screaming at them i was like play mr Roboto." Play Mr. Roboto. Everybody's looking at me like I'm an asshole. I'm like, ah, fuck all you people. Play Mr. Roboto. Everybody's looking at me like I'm an asshole. We leave and I get in the car. And we're driving down the road. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's sticks. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, that's sticks. <laughs> were you drunk? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just fucking young and fucking pissed off. Dumb. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, man. Yeah, man, it was great. It was great. Shout out to everybody, man. It was. I'm sorry if I couldn't remember your, if I don't remember your name or, you know, if or if we, you know, didn't get to meet in person. You know, we had a lot, lot going on. You know, so. But there's always next time. Yes, there will be a next time. And thank you for having me on, Dylan. As always. Oh yeah, had to, had to hear from our correspondent out in the field, the weed yeah, fields. <laughs> yeah, the indica field. Welcome, fanatics. This is the latest entry in the Diary of Doom. I'm Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we will have a different guest spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com, and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever else you may get them from. If you have a question or whatever, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon that you can support for additional episodes and whatnot. You can find that over at patreon.com slash diaryofdoom. And we are rounding out 420 month. Our guest for this week's chapter is Harlan from the band Bog Wizard. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for coming on and uh, yeah, man, no problem. Know, raining in the, the 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 best month of the year, so to speak. Right, perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bog Wizard is from Michigan, and they have a pretty cool uh, split out recently with another uh, Doom act called Frog Lord, and uh, we'll get to all that eventually. You know, leaning up to where you are now, you know, what are your earliest experiences with music? Did you have a musical upbringing or did you kind of find it on your own? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, definitely. Uh, like my dad was real big into like the, the early rock. I listened to a lot of Pink Floyd, um, like growing up, you know, we had constantly had like Nine Inch Nails, Tool, like all the, all the kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, real popular metal stuff going or the, the, the new metal, heavier sort of rock. And I grew up definitely with like a, a appreciation for the classic rock, Led Zeppelin, and all that kind of stuff. And then a little bit like Deep Purple and Black Sabbath, obviously, like the the big one for our genre. And it, it definitely influenced. Like as I, I kind of got older, I I got a little bit into punk for a while in like high school, and I ended up branching out. And of course, I think everybody had their new metal phase, and then uh, eventually started getting deeper into metal. And uh, you know, found my way to Doom, and it's been uh, been pretty much that since. It was like the perfect combination of like my early tastes in music with my newer tastes and it's like uh perfect for me 
<clears throat> would you say you have a landmark album for yourself that kind of made you start thinking about music in a different way? Uh, that's hard to say. Um, I don't feel like there's anything specific that stood out. Interestingly, I guess, uh, like System of a Down, mm-hmm. especially like the Toxicity album, that was a big one for me where I started thinking about music as as a writer versus just a listener. I was starting mm-hmm. to think about like, how the hell do these crazy bastards come up with this like weird constructions of songs, how they're all over the place. And it, it got me thinking a little bit more about it. Um, and it was also probably right around the time I was starting to get interested in playing an instrument, um, like kind of like high school, college mm-hmm. era. Um, and I ended up picking up an instrument and uh, had had some friends and we were like, yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's all pick up an instrument and learn together and figure this stuff out you know, make a band, like, you know, like the, the classic aspirations of people who have absolutely zero talent, but want to want to make lots of loud noise together. And uh, interestingly, I was going to be playing guitar and my buddy who was playing guitar at the time, we were like, man, you play guitar like a bassist because you always like single notes, like kind of <laughs> kind of thing like that. I'm like, you should pick up a, uh, a bass. I'm sorry, wrong way. You play bass like a guitarist is what it was. <laughs> sorry, I had that mixed up. But he still did a lot of like the single notes. I was thinking he was going to be like a lead guitar kind of player. And he ended up switching to guitar, and that's actually Ben, who's in Bog Wizard. We've been playing together since college. Basically, learned our instruments together, uh, and been going for God, fifteen years now. I want to say, <laughs> wow, damn! I just remembered that. Oh yeah, my friends and I were also gonna do that because I quote unquote could sing because I was in the high school <laughs> choir, and my other friend played the drums like. <laughs> mm, okay you know and uh our other friend played guitar and i guess we didn't need to worry about a bass i don't know i don't really yeah, recall, but, uh, that, that's, that's I mean, like what happened with us uh we were a two-piece for the longest time our first ep that we released was as a two-piece and it was ben playing mm-hmm. guitar and he ended up getting an eight string guitar because we couldn't find a bass player so he's like i'll just just play bass in there too like whatever i'll i'll get down there we'll do these big heavy nasty chords and and then we found a bass player and i'm like okay how do we fit a bass player in this when you're playing in the bass range already and that's been our issue since. <laughs> <laughs> we got about as far as a band name and maybe lyrics to a song, and then it was quickly abandoned. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, so I, like I said, I started playing guitar and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a guitarist. And I, I invested in this ridiculously expensive guitar, like Floyd Rose, custom, like the whole thing was way too much guitar, especially for like a new, new guitarist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I get a really nice guitar, I want to play it a lot. And that is not how that works at all. <laughs> um, and then I went, I was like, okay, well, we need a drummer. And a buddy of mine was like, drumming sounds fun. I'll do that. So we we bought a, a Toys R Us, legitimately from Toys R Us, a $150 drum kit. And we set it up in the space we were going to be playing. And I was like, just beat the shit out of this. I'll just fucking, ah, and like beat the shit out of a guitar. And he's going to beat the shit out of, you know, some other stuff. And like Ben, actually, he, he wanted to sing, kind of like you said, you know, like, you just wanted to sing. I was like, dude, you, you can't just sing and not play an instrument at the same time. So he's like, okay, I guess I'll guess I'll play guitar and like noodle around with bass and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, my buddy that we bought the drum kit for, we all kind of chipped in like maybe three times total played on this drum kit. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, I had this like $1,300 guitar and this $150 Toys R Us special drum kit sitting in my like area, like the kind of storage area in our apartment. And <laughs> like the storage space between the stairs mm-hmm. that go up and then the actual apartment we were like could all crouch down and play our instruments <laughs> and uh i ended up beating the hell out of the drum kit and I had a lot of fun with that and i was like well oops <laughs> wrong instruments <laughs> take that jeffrey <laughs> <laughs> so how did uh bog wizard come together ben and i uh really really casually stuck it out like we had friends that we, we kind of played with and we mostly just uh you know 
had drinks, had little parties at our house and just beat the mm-hmm. shit out of this, these, these crappy instruments and kind of did that for a while. And I ended up getting an apartment where we couldn't play at all. So it was like a year that I just didn't touch any instruments. And eventually I got, uh, we started renting this house and we had some space around us. We didn't even have to worry about neighbors or anything like that. And, uh, we just started playing. Some of our other friends ended up moving downstate in different places. So it ended up just being me and Ben, we just kind of really casually, like we didn't even play every weekend. It was like, he would come up on the weekends. We'd hang out. He, he lives like a, about 40 minutes away. And uh, he'd come up on the weekends, hang out and play video games, you know, play Dungeons and Dragons and shit like that. And, uh, you know, have some drinks, whatever. And uh, just play our instruments most of the time. There'd be like weeks we'd be like, ah, screw it. We'll just, you know, play video games instead. But we kind of just slowly, I almost want to say like through osmosis of just accidentally playing a lot <laughs> over a really long time span. We were like, oh, hey, I think we don't suck anymore. Like we're actually kind of like, okay, at our <laughs> instruments. And we were like, maybe we should start taking this more seriously. And we, we had, uh, at that point, we had a couple, like, pretty much improv songs. Like, we always just improv jammed every weekend, and we never actually committed to anything. But we had one improv song that we felt like we kept coming back to a little bit, which I believe um, ended up being, was that Shapeshifter? I think it's Shapeshifter. It was on our, uh, our debut EP, and then we re-recorded it for our full-length album. And we were like, yeah, let's, just, let's like actually turn this into a song and, like, write lyrics for it and come up with a thing and we have to play it that same way every time we can't change it we're gonna like commit to a song at that point i ended up uh i, I we i already moved um uh, got a got bought our own house and stuff like that and had a really nice jam space and we were recording every improv jam session i had just this shitty single mic in the room overhead mic that was just recording everything we were doing and uh we were like yeah that's a cool riff that's a cool riff let's just piece these things together at that point too, I think we had, we've gone through like three or four different band names. At one point we were going to be Black Slug. Oh God, there's a bunch of them. Terrascu, which is a mispronunciation we learned of uh, Tarask, which is <laughs> <D&D creature laughs> we, which we still like to this day. We, uh, we have a song called Terrascu, mm-hmm. which is about a Tarask. And it's that kind of nerdy thing where like, if you read something, you don't know the pronunciation exactly. Yes. Uh, and you, so you just like in your head, you're saying it the wrong way. Well, we collectively did that our like entire D&D group. We'd all been singing it the wrong way. We wrote a song about it, which requires it to be Terrascue. And then we're like, I was like, recorded it and I was putting it out there and someone was like, hey, you know what's pronounced Tarask, right? And I was like, that doesn't fit the song. God damn it. It's too late. We're committing. So we just, we just committed <laughs> to it. Yeah, uh, But anyway. It doesn't have the um, same ring to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we still say it the wrong way today. We know it though now. <laughs> um. But yeah, so we, we ended up recording that song. We kind of liked it and just uh, not fully recorded, but just, you know, the mm-hmm. single mic shitty recording. And uh, we ended up coming up with some others. We should like, we should work on something else. And we came up with just this nasty, sludgy riff. And we have this thing where every time we record, we have to give the song a name, like the recording. It's like, you know, this little riff section will be like Migration of Mammoths was one that we liked that I remember we came back. We're probably going to name a song that eventually. Uh, but it's just like, what does this song remind us of? What does it sound like? Ben was like, man, this, this, this riff just is like swampy and sludgy. And I'm like, it's like a freaking wizard just slogging through a bog. I was like, bog wizard. And he's like, that's a badass name for a song. I was like, no, it's a badass name for a band. We're changing our name again. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we ended up recording. Uh, we wrote one more song. Paul Eagle. Tell him to update trademark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we ended up writing one more song. Uh, Terrascue, which it ended up being. And we, at that point, we did a couple cover songs. We actually did some System of a Down cover songs and Melvin's, uh, a bunch of other stuff. We recorded Melvin's The Bit, which is one we had a lot of fun playing. 
and that was our ep that was like our first four song ep that we put together commissioned a friend of mine to make a logo for us and the logo turned out so cool i'm like we are literally never going to be able to change this band name again because this, this logo turned out so badass <laughs> so this is our band now forever and uh yeah that that ep ended logo. up uh attracting a bass player through craigslist of all places uh, <laughs> and found out he you can always up, rely on good old craigslist yeah and we ended up finding out he like lived like less than a mile away from me like right down the street that's colby who joined the band and uh we recorded from the mire and actually have been taking the band seriously ever since nice uh yeah because the first ep campaign that was 2018 and yep. since then you've been like pretty active with releases <laughs> and undoubtedly you know the pandemic probably played a right. role in that i know a lot of people were taking the opportunity to try to be somewhat productive yeah a lot like of people were productive. winter 2019 going into 2020 we were like yeah we're gonna we're gonna have from the mire we recorded it like in the winter uh, we're like, we're going to release this next year and it's going to be this big old thing. And we're going to do a bunch of shows. We had all these huge plans for release. July, 2020, we ended up releasing from the mire and I hate to say we benefited from it, but being a bunch of like awkward gamer nerds, we didn't have to do shows. So we were just like, let's just write more music and record more stuff. And then we just did that all through the, the, yeah. the pandemic when we couldn't do anything else. And, uh, yeah, that, that ended up becoming two more splits and, uh, another full length album and a soundtrack thing that we were just about to release too. Not too long. Yeah. We'll definitely get into some of those splits. Cause they're, they're pretty cool. Like obviously, you know, kind of, you kind of hinted at it just now being like nerdy metal dudes, like heavy metal songs about fantasy and fantasy concepts are nothing new, but I definitely feel like you inject a little bit more of your own flavor. Cause you're just very forward about it. Yeah. I think that's the Nerdy thing that separates us because, because we were thinking about it and we we're like, man, there's so many bands writing about wizards and dragons and like all these, these fantasy concepts and these just nerdy ideas. I mean, Led Zeppelin singing about Lord of the Rings, like back in the day, like yeah. they were taking it seriously. Like we just admit that we're massive fucking nerds. <laughs> and I feel like that's the biggest difference. We're like, yeah, we're, we're huge nerds. We're going to own it. We're, you know, rolling dice on the weekends and playing songs, you know, in between basically. And, um, I feel like that little bit of honesty about us uh, set us apart a little bit. And I feel like that helped us stand out where we were just like, yeah, dude, big fucking nerds. Let's roll some dice and make some heavy riffs. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I think it goes a long way to be self-aware, especially yeah, yeah. in heavy metal. Cause it's like, you know, you can, you can only like be like for so yeah, long. We, you know we physically I mean? can't take ourselves seriously. Like, I don't know if you've seen our main like promo picture of our, uh, it's, like very, it's fairly silly <laughs> yeah like all of the bands like we we tried we we started that little like photo session we're like let's be fucking grim and like angry looking and i was like i can't do it i physically can't force myself to take myself that seriously so i was just like dude you guys do whatever you want i'm gonna be like hey in the middle of this picture and they just like you know smiling and happy and i mean we're having fun i mean i, I don't want to pretend that we're super pissed off and angry we're singing about <laughs> the nerdiest things possible that we can come up with. So yeah, we're having yeah. fun with it. So like, you know, obviously D and D is probably like a big source of inspiration, but I do like that you really fall, like you lean very hard into the, like the, all of the, you know, sensationalist aspect of, uh, you know, D and D and like that weird, like, like complete, satanic panic, yeah, all the satanic panic yeah. shit, which, you know, if, uh, there will be a forthcoming episode of my movie sidecast, uh, movies from Green Hell, where we talk about the movie Mazes and Monsters. Actually, nice. Um, which I've, I've way, been meaning to use that as a clip. Oh, you from that movie. Oh, you have to. There's so many good <laughs> lines. 
bad movie, but uh, oh, yeah, quite yeah. quite enjoyable for how god awful it is. So, like, you know, where where do you mostly like pull your influences from? You know, beyond D and D, and like, is this just something that you've always liked your entire life? Like, have you just been like a lifelong fan of fantasy and like that kind of that sort of ilk? So I've always been real big into fantasy stuff. Like um, my uh, parents were actually part of a group called the SEA. It's the society something guy. I don't remember what it stands for. Mm -hmm. But it's it's basically like somewhere between LARPing and Renaissance fairs. And it's like all all the Ren fair nerds going off into the woods and there's like nobody else shows up. It's just them. Like you go to a Ren fair and it's like all all the tourists and stuff like that. It's like all those people, they just go in the woods and pretend to be this like medieval era period thing. And then, you know, they have feasts and they got these like, you know, mostly period authentic tents that they set up and, you know, they just, you know, all hang out and drink and that kind of stuff. Uh, but I kind of grew up with, with that. I had a few times, like I remember I, I met this one kid there. He was around the same age as me. I, I had to have been maybe eight to 10, somewhere around there years old. And uh, I met this kid and he was, you know, we weren't allowed to go to the feast hall. Cause that was where everybody was drinking and, you know, whatever so they were like yeah yeah whatever we'll, we'll bring you some food afterwards and i met this kid and we were like hanging out and we decided to get into character and we pretended to be these street urchins and there was this kitchen that they actually cooked everything in and they would bring it to this tent we would sit there on the path and be like please sir can we have a scrap of food and like these, these <laughs> half the people thought it was hilarious and the other half were like super annoyed with us but they'd like throw us some grapes or whatever and we were like <laughs> <laughs> And I had so much fun with that. And I think that's what like got me into the idea of like role-playing and like into DVD mm-hmm. and stuff like that eventually. Um, but then I also kind of grew up seeing a lot of the satanic panic era stuff when I was really young of just demonizing both heavy metal and then like Dungeons and Dragons. It was like, it's evil. And they're worshiping Satan with, you know, it, it was so over the top that it's insane to me that people took it seriously. So finding that little bit of a niche of like, yeah, they demonized heavy metal music and they demonize dungeons and dragons so we're gonna make heavy metal music about dungeons and dragons because fuck you that's hilarious <laughs> that's pretty much the concept that's like that's the 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 idea behind bog wizards <laughs> it's always kind of made me laugh that like i could understand the heavy metal angle simply because there's like been some really dicey people in heavy metal that have done some yeah, like yeah. you know actually bad church things. burnings and yeah yeah all that but like D, no one even knew what the fuck it was right you know what i mean but that's and what then, scared them they didn't know yeah they, they <laughs> couldn't they couldn't they didn't have like all the imagery that was like you know iron maiden and shit like yeah. that where it's like which that even unto itself is even more hilarious like you would think that they'd be kind of excited that a guy had actually figured out how to control the devil right they're like no this is horrible the devil's being controlled by another devil like no man it's just eddie (laughs) (laughs) and uh so much of it was it's like kiss was is a hilarious example for me yeah how much kiss scared the shit out of these people and they're doing the most like butt rock party like yeah we're gonna party like (laughs) it's so so cheesy and like yeah their imagery was a little dark and that was about all they had One, one of them was a cat on the stage i mean shit I know, <laughs> but, but digging into that stuff. And like, I found these documentaries and the, the some of the stuff they demonized, it was like care bears was one yep. of the examples. Oh, actually um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'll, that, if I can remember, I'll have to send you this clip that I found. I, we we've taken a bunch of samples from this clip. It's like one of like some of our most iconic clips that we use was from this little documentary. And it was these two ev- evangelicals just ranting about how 
average modern day cartoons and books and games and Dungeons and Dragons and heavy metal music are going to make your kid worship Satan. And the examples that they use are so fucking hilarious that I, I, I still can't get over. And that's why I'm using so much from that. <laughs> it's awesome fodder because you just wind up looking like such a fool when you try to go and like <laughs> follow this route. Like, I just don't get it. It's, it's so baffling and bizarre. But I do love the use. I love the use of samples, um, and it just work. It does work really well in your stuff. Also, I really dig the cover artwork that you have for your albums. Like they, they, it feels a little bit like kind of divorced from your more typical sort of like doom and stoner affair. Yeah. I mean, from the mire, it's like a you know drawing of a I don't know big that's our, de- that's a the, big that's dead the swamp thing. golem. That's the that's swamp, the swamp golem. golem. Yep. Yeah, it's very cool looking. I mean, I've always liked the design of it. It's like a sort of like an undead alligator headed <laughs> thing. I don't know. It looks really cool. It looks like something from that movie, The Void, if you've ever seen that. Um, if not, highly recommend. Yeah, check um, it out. I'm assuming that you're just like, what do you think this looks like? And draw it to the artist, and you get this really fucking cool thing. So like. Is it important to you that you have artwork that is like very distinctive for your releases? Because every single one of your releases so far has a very unique look to it, even starting from the beginning to where you are now with the Frog Lord split. Yeah, it's like visual art has always been a really big thing to me. So I, I got started doing creative work. I actually do video game level design on the side. I don't know if you've ever heard of the game Team Fortress 2, by chance. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've got a bunch of maps that are in that game that Valve the company oh, that makes wow. it, has bought um, that's awesome I'm, I'm really well known in that community but myself like uh I, it's always funny to have people uh, from that community discover my music separately and they go holy shit it's you it's you're the dude that made this thing <laughs> um and there's been a crossover of like people found me in the other community are like quit your fucking bog wizard dude like what the hell um that's awesome but i connected with a lot of like people who did concept art for some of the yeah. items like the hats and the weapons and stuff in game um I've got a ton of friends that I, I hang out with pretty regularly online and have met some in person and stuff like that um, who do visual art. And both of the, or all of our album art, except for the Dust Lord split, was made by people who I've knew, known through that community. The campaign EP was Kitchy Strauss. Um, she's somebody that has done a bunch of stuff, uh, concept art, and does a bunch of kind of the more traditional painterly sort of mm-hmm. style. Uh, From the Mire and Miasmic Purple Smoke. That was Alastair Stroh. He's a buddy of mine from the UK uh, who's very, very prolific in the, the Team Fortress 2 community for uh, item concepts. And he's always had this kind of trippy, I won't say like acid trip kind of style that he's always drawn. Uh, and he's big into creatures and monsters. So yeah. I was like, dude, I'm like, you need to draw me some stuff. And it like, I finally wrangled him into doing some stuff for me. And it's, it's always turned out great. The Dust Lord split was... Um, uh, Marinko Milosevsky, uh, who actually approached us, he's the one that, that it, I don't have the TF2 connection, but it is a video game connection. He's actually the artist yeah. behind uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 and a, yes. like, a I, ton I, of other super well-known stuff. Yeah, I had spoken with uh, Spike from Dustlord previously, oh, yeah, yeah. so he had kind of talked about that part of it which i was like wow that was really that's really fucking cool yeah and he he approached us and he was like yeah you want me guys want me make you guys like a show poster or like any kind of art and i was like well we got this split if you'd be willing to do that and he just knocked it out of the park um and then yeah. for the most recent the dust lord split i've been trying to get my buddies uh benjamin blatholtz and he put this together and he's he's always had this really cool pixel art style he's, he does a lot of different styles of art but i, I really liked his pixel art 
and uh, talking about it with Frogler, we kind of had this like vintage video game sort of theme in mind. Um, so we presented that to him and I was like, hey, this is kind of the general idea. This is some of the influences we wanted to take. There's like an old television uh, uh, game cartridge, the box art for that, that we took some reference from. And there's actually a game called Frog Bog uh, <laughs> on, on the Intellivision. And that was that was basically the initial spark for this whole idea was this game that I used to play when I was a kid. Uh, we almost called the album Frog Bog, but I felt like it was going to be too on the nose for the, the game. <laughs> and uh, he took took that as a reference and made his own style of pixel art and just just blew it away. But yeah, I, I definitely think the, the visual side of it is just as important as the music side because that's what gets your attention to even listen to the music in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I love this. Uh, I love this design too on like the miasmic purple smoke because you said it's sort of like an acid trip you know, sort of, it's very trippy because it's like weird animals um, that are all like smiling, but they're made out of like clouds and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. It has almost like a, like a modern craft beer label almost <laughs> look to it. Like this would look cool on like a yeah, can. Right? And like, obviously this would be like some fucking like IPA. So, hey, uh, craft brewers out there, you should hit up Bog Wizard. So maybe. we actually have one already. There you go. <laughs> It's See, called Bogwater by Starving Artist Brewery, based out of Ludington, Michigan. Bogwater, uh, I love it's, it. It's a, a hometown beer? brewery. It's a hazy IPA. Actually. Okay. It's like a yellow hazy kind of. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't like IPAs until he like he's like, no, you're getting this one. He's like, trust me, it's gonna be good. And I was like, ah, I'm like, I really don't like them, but you're making it for me, and I'm not gonna argue. And I ended up liking it, and I got into them. So he, that was my transition. I just had to have one made for me custom. Nice. <laughs> And also this design is on a shirt too that just yes. uh, went up for pre-order that looks fantastic. Yeah, I, I really like taking, because I have the, the campaign EP um, from the Meyer and now Miasmic Purple Smoke all over print designs. I really like that style and it's a, the shirt turned out really cool. So to kind of dip into the more about the, the splits and whatnot you've done. Yeah. So one, uh, one cool thing that I did think happened during the pandemic was that little communal center that is the sleep Facebook group eventually led yeah. to you and Spike uh, yeah. from Dust Lord uh, collaborating on the uh, just recently mentioned um, split Four Tales of the Strange, uh, which I have on tape and sounds nice. very good. That, that's basically what happened, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the sleep Facebook group, it's not just sleep focused, but it's sleep music in general. Yeah. Like anything that <laughs> relates like to. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, it could yeah. be. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I guess it's it's not just the band, but it's music. That's yeah, very much like anything really... Doom, Stoner, Sludge. Like people just talk about it, and it's a really, it's probably one of the best Facebook communities on there. And it's just Sleep is the, is the group title, and yeah, we ended up. I think both of us we were always promoting our bands in there because they're really open about like, hey, if you got a band, we want to hear it. You know, send us some codes. Mm -hmm. Throughout, you know, whatever kind of promo you want, they're they're not strict about anything like that, and everybody's really cool about it and gets into, you know, checking everybody's stuff out. And I've, I've found a ton of really cool bands through that myself, but dust Lord, you know, spike was promoting himself for dust Lord and I was promoting myself for, uh, for bog wizard, uh, with the, from the Meyer release. And, uh, we were kind of just geeking out about our stuff together. And I was like, Oh yeah, man, your, your stuff's pretty cool too. He's like, yeah, yeah, I like yours. And we eventually just, you know, he's like, Hey, I got a couple tracks. You guys ever think about doing a split together? And I was like, yeah, we got some stuff we could throw together. Like that one was very much like we had the music. And we were like, mm -hmm. yeah, that would be a good combination to, to put these on and introduce kind of combined audiences a little bit. Cause he's, they're a little more sludge. And I feel like we're a little bit more traditional doom finding that crossover for both bands. I feel like helped us both out a lot. So it worked out really cool that that was a fun split to put together. 
Yeah, it's like a fun, cool little social experiment that happened, yeah. you know, when the world was fucking <laughs> burning around us. And then uh, I guess we'll just kind of get in, get into uh, the more the other split, which is with Frog Lord. You know, you're just talking about the artwork; it's really fucking cool and everything like that. So, uh, Frog Lord was a band that I just like. I saw it pop up on Bandcamp, and I was like, "All right, I guess I'll check this out." And then, uh, so I just like made a note about it. And then I saw Frog Lord get included on like one of their like Bandcamp weeklies or you know oh, yeah, best yeah. metal on Bandcamp or something like that. So I was like kind of surprised i think i read an interview with with frog yeah, Lord. like featured yeah so i was like all right i guess i'm gonna check this out and like for all intents and purposes it's like pretty goddamn good shit and it's like right. a pretty funny bit and whatnot so like what led to you eventually like how did that like come to fruition basically is what i'm trying to um, say <laughs> so i think it, i think it was mostly instagram we were both kind of promoting in the same instagram circles we ended up like we're both very similar bands in the way that like we don't take our band very seriously, but it works. And we both have like characters that we're mm -hmm. singing about. He's got the frog lord, we've got the bog wizard. And I think we just ended up like just ended up commenting on each other's stuff a lot and uh, uh, just just basically started shooting the shit. And you know, we'd share you know ideas and whatever. We'd, we'd start talking you know privately and you know, he'd ask me, you know, well, what were we doing with this kind of thing? And what do you do with this kind of thing? You know, whatever is any old technical kind of things. But we ended up, I think I pitched the idea of doing a split sometimes. I thought it'd be really fun. I'm like, Hey, you know, we could have a split and we could be about the, the frog Lord meeting the bog wizard somehow. Like we're both swamp themed, like every, everything just lined up so well for our two bands. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, like the dust Lord split, we had like these kind of two separate audiences we were combining the frog Lord uh, frog Lord and us, we already had kind of similar audiences. We were both doing similar things. We were both, in a lot of the same circles as it was um like the venn diagram of the, the frog lord split is a lot more like overlapping than the, the dust lord split and we, him and i we just started talking back and forth and every once in a while i'd get like a dumb idea like hey what if the frog lord you know and his congregation they trespass on the bog wizard land and we decide you know he's, he's like hey fuck you i'm gonna fight you and then we'd like sing about the fights and you know all that kind of thing we, we went back and forth for probably months of just pitching ideas and like just making ourselves laugh and like the stupidest ideas we could come up with the funniest like things that we, we ended up coming with this narrative and we were like okay we'll all or both bands will write songs following this narrative the same narrative but from our each other's perspective and uh that was more of like like i said the dust lord split we kind of had the music and it was just like this would go well together this was definitely from the ground up we wrote this as a split we wanted to make it really collaborative from the story to the music itself. Like we shared vocals on, uh, on two songs. We wanted it to be like a collaborative concept album split, which I don't feel like I've really seen that before in a split. Right. It's more, it's more like, Hey, we want to do this. We'll just record a couple tracks where we got yeah, some yeah. stuff laying around and like throw it together. And you know, there, which is like fine, you know, because they could be like great songs and it's like, Oh, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. But this is like very much like you're both, putting in equal parts of the, 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 the creative energy to make it like one big cohesive thing. You know, it's very explicitly like these two entities are like melding together. So. Yeah. And I don't feel like there's a lot of bands that can do that because like how many bands are singing about a character, let alone a character that can be taken places together. Like we, we were both bands were in such a unique spot to make this split album that I don't feel like it was an option for most, <laughs> most other bands. So is that like, is this going to eventually become like a shared 
musical universe are you going to see if you can get like other bands to put their characters in and suddenly you're going to have like summer crossover events and yeah see gonna... I, don't, I don't i don't know where it's going to go from here i know it's had such a good response that i've already been like man like down the road we should do something like this again like obviously i can't promise anything it's literally in the like hey we should do this again sometime like that kind of level stage i've already got some really stupid ideas for where that would go but who knows if that'll ever happen but yeah, I mean, if there are other bands like our weird shit, I would love to do some more shenanigans like like we did. Uh, the Frog Lord one, it just, it worked out so well. I think the Frog Lord himself, which I like, I still barely know the guy's name. Like, <laughs> it's a funny thing. You like, he's still Frog just Lord. Frog Lord. Yeah. Like, if you look at the, the credits uh, that we wrote, it's like, Bog Wizard is, you know, Harlan Link, Ben Lombard, Colby Loman. Frog Lord is Frog Lord. And that's <laughs> all it is. <laughs> that's some good commit uh committed to the bit right there yeah dude dude is fully committed to the bit <laughs> yeah definitely i would be excited for a volume two <laughs> i think i would be too and it's it's a matter of i did make the joke i was like i had an idea where to go i'm like i need to stop thinking about this or i'm gonna have this written in like two weeks because i, I get <laughs> i get this thing in my head where i'm like i have a dumb idea i have to see this through completion it's like probably why i succeed as a creator because i'm like this has to happen or i'm gonna literally fucking lose my mind if I don't get this thing out of my head and create it and put it out there. Uh, and I had to, I had to force myself to stop thinking about a part two because I, it would get dangerous too quick. We got, we got other stuff we got to do too. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I like about Bog Wizard is I think that because of your being self-aware and whatnot, it works well with sort of that trad doom feel because I listen to a lot of the old, like the old school trad doom. And I'm like, mm. man, this is so silly. Like even yeah, on the spectrum. As hell. Yeah. <laughs> like on the spectrum of heavy metal, it's like pretty goddamn cheesy. You know, it's like a step above like power metal in terms of some parts of it being <laughs> yeah. like goofy. But like, I think it, it definitely is fun to hear that sound because i think you have to do it right otherwise it can just sound like you're just aping it plus i can tell also that you really dig death metal and some other kinds of music because there's definitely some good really heavy like just chonky riffs in there we've got actually a lot of opeth influence mm -hmm. in our stuff like, oh interesting like, yeah like uh ben I, I have always compared his vocals to opeth like we obviously we, we've like every song almost has a different vocal style with with a lot of our music yeah but he's got like that that Michael Ackerfeld growl and clean sing, mm -hmm. and it, it's very much there. And we try to utilize it as much as we can because I, I I think he's got a great voice. Um, so I'm always trying to push him to try different things. And he's like, "Hey, can I go back to doing like the city in the uh, city in the mountain like clean singing song? Can I can I do that again?" I was like, "Yeah, we could probably do that again at like, some point." <laughs> <laughs> I just have a bad habit of like wanting to break new ground and do something new. So. So with the, but with the, the Frog Lord split out now, I mean, are you, do you have anything else in the works or are you just kind of like letting this thing, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying thing? to relax a little bit. Cause I've, I've, I've been pushing the band. Like I was like, Hey, we, you know, release from the mire. We should start working on new music. Cause we can't do anything else. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well, we'll work on new music. And I was like, Hey, we wrote this, you know, miasmic purple smoke. We've got this band that wants to do a split, you know, and I, we just went one after another. We had like the split. From the mire then we had the dust lord split then we had miasma purple smoke then we had the frog lord split and that's been like a year and a half <laughs> basically like it's like a two-year window where we, we mostly released mm -hmm. all this stuff like, like i said july 2020 was when from the mire released and that was kind of our big debut thing after the initial kind of demo ep and everything else has come out since then and pretty much everything else has been written 
uh, during the pandemic when we couldn't really do shows. But now that we're able to start doing shows, uh, I'm like, maybe we don't need to be, you know, trying to remember. I don't even know how many songs we have at this point, but, uh, you know, four releases worth of songs, plus anything new that we're trying to write, plus, you know, whatever else we have going. Um, so I'm trying to like take a step back and the band is appreciative, I think. <laughs> I, was, I was getting a little intense there for a while. I'm like, oh, I got to record this thing. We got to do this thing. We got this thing. I'm like, this is our scheduled. Like we have three weeks to, to practice these songs and then we're going to hit the studio and record them. And so right now we have an idea. Uh, I think we want to do a cover song album and take songs that wouldn't necessarily be metal songs or especially like do metal songs and make mm-hmm. them heavier. I don't know if I, yeah, I can't say any of them yet. Cause they're, they're kind of all like funny surprises and like stuff you would not expect, but I'm really excited about a lot of them. We, we've been, we've been messing around with them lately. And uh, in between uh, most of them are just ideas, but in between uh, practicing like songs for shows and things like that, we've been uh, noodling around with some ideas and, I wouldn't expect anything until very late in this year, if not next year, another release from us. We got to calm down. Well, actually, I can't say that because we also we have uh, we have the soundtrack that we worked on too. That's that's coming out probably not too long. Yeah, what's that? What's that about? So let me see. Do I have it right here? Oh shit! I took it in the basement. I don't have it. So there is a. uh, Have you ever heard of uh, Morkborg by chance? It's a tabletop RPG system. No. That is uh, um, that's that is not a realm I'm familiar. Okay, with. okay. So it's it's this world. It literally, I when we started getting into the uh, doing Bog Wizard, I had a number of people like, dude, you guys, you guys have to look into this game system because it is, it literally advertises itself as a doom metal album of a game. <laughs> wow. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds that, that sounds good. Yeah, let's do that. Um, and it's just this brutal dark world. All the album, all, or all the album art, yeah. All the, the the book art looks like heavy metal album art, and mm-hmm. it's just this this really gritty. Um, you expect to die like every time you play because you know the the deck is stacked against the players in this game. Um, but they also have this really open license where it's like, hey, we want people to make stuff for this game. You can use our our work. You can use our logos. You know, as long as you're not doing anything sketchy with it. Essentially, you know, you're free to release stuff and sell things for our game and they take no cut from it they're, they're really cool it's like oh, it's like almost like an open source sort of thing open license at least there's some groups that are like on facebook groups that are that are just uh built around this game and there's always people doing kickstarters for modules for the game and add-ons for the game and like new books um and there was one called seven aboard the shackle which is uh, sort of like a, a ship dungeon or prison crawl, a, a ship-based prison crawl where it's like you have to get through this prison and fight all these bosses and it's randomized every time you play. I offered, I said, hey, if you guys are looking for any music for it, you know, Bog Wizard would be down to, uh, you know, let you use some of our tracks or maybe even record a new one or something for you. And I ended up talking to the the people behind it and they got us on board and they made us a Kickstarter goal. If they raised a certain amount of money, we would provide a soundtrack for it um so what we ended up doing is we wrote one original new song which we were like yeah we'll just write something quick 14 minute song <laughs> it just happened that way <laughs> and uh we we put that together and then we took um, a bunch of other tracks off of previous releases and i made instrumentals out of them and i kind of added this like wavy uh water and wind kind of ambience to a lot of them it sounds like you're on a ship and we, we kind of renamed the tracks to fit the uh, different parts of the, the game. And then the song, when we recorded it, and we, we tried to follow the ideas behind the game of just being dark and gritty and brutal. And I was like, 
We're not going to use all of our best recording techniques. I'm not putting on my good symbols. I'm using the trashy ones that I, I beat the shit out of for practice. Like we're, we did everything the dirtiest way possible <laughs> for this recording. And uh, I think the song turned out really cool. That's going to be right now that anybody who kickstarted it will get a digital copy of it. And there's going to be cassettes offered as well. And that should be pretty soon. And then we'll probably do a digital release, like a full one. Maybe a few months from now. I'm not sure. I want to space things out a little bit. I want to like do a release and then like the next couple weeks later do another one. But uh, we'll probably do some kind of release and release cassettes for that as well. Sweet. I was I was just looking at it while you were explaining what it is, and it like looks like I probably would not be good at it or like <laughs> uh, understand it because like that that's just I don't know. Those games have always been tough for my. That's brain that's to... the thing though is nobody's good at this game, and you just expect to suck and die like horribly. Literally the first time we played it, I was like, man, we got to at least try playing this game. And uh, I was running the game and I was playing kind of a dumb, just tanky character. It was like supposed to be the big, the big fighter, essentially. Yeah. And then I had uh, Ben was playing and then my wife was playing another character too. And they were kind of like the weaker, more support roles. And I was like, yeah, I'll just, you guys tell him what to do and then I'll run the game and, you know, he won't make any major decisions. First fight we get into, he literally gets eaten whole and is gone. And we're like, oh, now what? <laughs> like, good luck, I guess. <laughs> and Damn. they got they got killed horribly. So, <laughs> but the artwork is amazing. The artwork it's is so cool. cool. It's like I can't. It, it's hard to describe, but it's like very two tone, and everything is kind of exaggerated. And yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and the book itself is really like uh, the the main core rule book for the game. It's mm -hmm. really just like graphic design masterpiece, almost it almost hinders reading the book because it's so chaotic and crazy. And that's like, they know to be like, yeah, it sucks to read too. That's, that's how much this game <laughs> is, is brutal. It sucks to read at, at times. <laughs> that's awesome. But it's, it's really, it's a really cool game. And since uh, this episode is uh, dropping just after 420, uh, do you enjoy the devil's lettuce? And what is your preferred method of attaining high altitudes? Um, I am a, a very occasional smoker. I'm sorry to disappoint that. I'm, I'm <laughs> Everyone, everyone's been like tapered off this month. <laughs> I, I what you want? Yeah, kind of sometimes. <laughs> um, I actually know, am, it's just like uh, very associated with this genre and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm a big proponent for it. And I'm actually uh, part of uh, one of the leaders of an advocacy group in my area for uh, marijuana advocacy in general. Mm -hmm. uh, it is legal in our state, but like our, our county itself and our city does not allow like legal dispensaries because they, they have the option to, to prohibit them. Um, so I've been very active in trying to push for those because I feel like it's a good thing for the city, for the, you know, the tax revenue and all that kind of stuff. Definitely. Um, but myself, I'm, I'm an occasional smoker. It kind of kind of makes me like tweak out a little bit and I get like paranoid. And sure. It, yeah, I like brush my teeth every time I smoke. I'm like, oh, my teeth feel fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the song Gnarled Cane off From the Mire, uh, we were really stressing out recording that one. And... Our recording engineer Max at the time, he's like, I think you guys need to get high. And Ben's Ben's a big time smoker. He's 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 the stoner in mm -hmm. our stoner doom. Um, and he's like, Yeah, dude, let's fucking let's blaze one. And uh I ended up smoking and we just we had the most chill jam recording, and I was like, Oh, this is fucking beautiful. And then our recording engineer was like, You literally never told me to start. <laughs> he's like, I thought you were just practicing, and I was like, What did you didn't get that? So, so uh, the second take ended up being the song that's on the album. <laughs> but we did, we did, still did a really good job of it. It's kind of a song that ends up being improv a little bit every time we play it, and uh, we just have like a general flow that we follow with it. 
And so this, the second time we did it when we were pretty high, that that's how that one worked out. I, I take it you prefer not to play stoned. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't mind, but I think it's more just, I, I'm I, as a drummer, I'm like breathing heavy a lot. And if I start getting like dry mouth, I'm like, right. it's just compounding everything. And I'm like way too in my own head of like, Oh, this sucks. Like <laughs> at times there's, there's times when it's good and there's times when it's bad. Right. That makes sense. Uh, so have you been listening to anything uh, recently that you've uh, been really enjoying? You know, doesn't have to be new, could be old, could be revisiting, whatever. Uh, lately, in like the last week, I've been going back to the band Latitudes. Um, they got an album called Agonist, which just just slays. Um, I've, been, I've been playing that a lot. I think I did a, a little bit of a typo negative kick again recently. Oh, God, what else have I been listening to? I jump around a lot where I get like obsessed with one band for a little while. Oh, Joint Hugger. That's actually one I've been listening to again. Uh, uh, they're, they're really fun. That's, that's a really fun band of stuff that I feel like we're, you know, we don't have a really have a lead guitarist. Like Ben's more of a rhythm kind of guitarist. So it's, it's fun mm-hmm. to hear those kind of the, the more wittily woo sort of, uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. The stoner metal stuff. <laughs> wittily woo. <laughs> uh, let's see. What have I been listening to? Uh, dipping back into my tape collection. So I was listening to previous guest. Uh, Extermination Day, their demo from 2020. Uh, I found an Aaron Copland's Greatest Hits tape in my uh, <laughs> collection. I don't know how that got in there, but that's pretty cool. And my friend Psychic Hit got their album Solucio on tape. And then in terms of other stuff, uh, I listened to an album by Emily Jane White, Alluvian. That was pretty cool. Uh, maybe not like entirely my thing. Uh, the new Health Disco Part 2 album is really good. has a ton of really fun collaborations on there. Uh, the new Hallis album was was pretty damn good. Isle of Wisdom, I enjoyed that. Greenbeard, their new album Variant. And uh, dipped back into this old band called Bloodhag. Did a episode a few weeks ago with John Wisniewski, and he hosts a podcast with this guy named Jeff McNulty, and that's his old band. Uh, they have nice. an album called Hell Bent for Letters, and it's like I don't even know how to describe this. It's like like just weird death metal, but with like sprinklings of every other different kind of metal, <laughs> and every single song is about famous authors. Oh, crazy! So Hell Bent for Letters. <laughs> nice. And uh, this band, Egregore, they're like a newer band that I think has just recently signed on with 20 Bucks Spin, and uh, they have a new album coming out called The Word of His Law. This is now out, and it's fucking amazing. This is a really fucking, really good album. So strongly recommend that one. Um, actually, I, I, I was looking back through my history. I'm trying to remember what the hell I've been listening to recently. Uh, Stone Jesus actually went on a big kick of again recently. Um, yeah, I mean they've been, they've yeah, obviously yeah. been uh, very uh, <laughs> present on uh, social media due to very obvious circumstances in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, they they kick a lot of ass. Uh, and another band that I've been listening to is Doctor Colossus, which is I feel like another yeah. band kind of similar to us that like doesn't take themselves too seriously. Which They're I have awesome. To, I have to say the full album name too. It's a uh, uh, I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt, and my butt smells, and I like to kiss my own butt which is a Simpsons themed like kind of stoner doom band almost. And they, yeah, they, they, they kick more ass than they have any right to for, for being a Simpsons joke band, essentially. Yeah. Um, they actually made my best songs. of. Yeah. They, they, they're really good songwriters. They made my best <laughs> of uh, from uh, last year. Uh, that album was yeah. fucking really good. <laughs> I, I, I literally, I put it on. I was like, okay, like, 
that was that was my album that introduced me to them was actually the that their latest one and uh i i played it and i was just like okay what the fuck is this like holy shit i just sat there and like how is this so good <laughs> i sent it to my friend like the corniest like simpsons joke stuff and i was like no this is sick as hell <laughs> Yeah, I sent it to my buddy who's a huge Simpsons fan. And I'm like, and he's not like a big stoner metal fan or anything yeah. like that, really. He likes metal, but you know, it's there's a lot of that stuff. Mm. And he's kind of like select. He did he definitely leans more towards like hardcore and like thrash and sort of the cro- the crossover stuff there. But I was like, hey, check this out. You might like it because it's about the Simpsons. He's like, dude, this band is ridiculously good. Like they have really good songwriting skills and also like the the references they make are like it's not like the most obvious Simpsons yeah. references. They go with like pretty damn good references. The deep the dive Simpsons. Simpsons yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah. I, you can tell they're like pretty deep fans of it. So I, I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of that album. Uh, and I think actually the the Numa Sugar too. I do I do dabble a bit in uh, in some of that kind of like the genty, uh, more technical stuff. I, I don't play it because I'm not good enough, but I appreciate it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> and jazz. I, I, yeah, yeah, but that there's, there's some good, pretty good tracks on that one too. That just like the the opener of it is the the like sludgiest, nastiest sounding thing on that, that album. Done. Yeah, I did like I I I thought it was like good. I mean, it's Meshuggah, you know. Like yeah, I thought yeah. it was good. I definitely think the opener is really good. It's definitely yeah. a highlight. It does get a little repetitive though. I think that's that's like Meshuggah. It's almost like you get burnt out of that technicality with a, with it happens to me with a lot of like more like technical bands where it's just like okay, yeah, yeah I get it you're really fucking good <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. i hate to put it that way but it's almost like it's it's when you're at a certain level it's just you're doing such crazy shit it almost gets like numbing like okay okay i get it Mashuga, you can <laughs> let go of me now for a second <laughs> yeah i hear what you mean I, I i feel like that sort of era of the high technical like technical skills is sort of like waned i mean everything kind of just exists yeah. at the same level now and it's like this is good and this is good it's different but it's good but yeah i remember when it was all just like as if you can play fast then it's amazing <laughs> i i went on a, a kick for a while and i think it was just before I got into like doom metal, I was doing like uh, animals as leaders and Mashuga, yeah, and obscura necrophagus, like all those like really crazy fast technical like tech death bands, um, and then obviously like, the genty stuff like animals and the the proggy, just just all the crazy shit that was like the highest level of musicianship, and I think I just burnt myself out on it so bad I was like, what is the slowest goddamn riff I can listen to right now? And I was like, got into doom metal and I, I haven't looked back since I was like, yes, this is, this is more my brain that mm-hmm. I need right now. Yep. It's definitely the speed at which my brain operates a lot yeah. of these days. <laughs> nice and slow with a lot of fucking stumbles and coughing along the way. Yeah. Oh, well, is there anything that you want to plug at the moment? I mean, there's lots too. <laughs> yeah. I got so much going on. We're currently taking pre-orders for some for uh, some new merch. We've got uh, the Frog in the Bog uh, T-shirt album art on a, a nice orange uh, shirt. Uh, we're trying to get away like everybody does black shirts. I'm trying to introduce some color into the the, the average <laughs> metalhead's wardrobe. <laughs> and then same with the Miasma Purple Smoke. That's a made-to-order print, so it's whenever. It's not really a pre-order as much as uh, we're taking orders for that now. And if you want one, I'll I'll make one for you. And that's like you know bright purple. It's miasmic purple smoke, so it's this mm-hmm. pink and purple. It is the most obnoxiously bright shirt. I wore the the test print out one day, and like 
every time I looked down, I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, this is blinding me. I'm so used to black myself for the most part. <laughs> I was like, this this is almost physically hurts me. So if you want a shirt that physically hurts you, which is a pretty metal sounding thing, uh, come <laughs> go to our big cartel, uh, bogwizard.bigcartel.com. Uh, and then we also are taking pre-orders for a whole new round of cassettes because cassettes are fucking flying off the shelves and blew my mind. We, we sold out of the uh, Frogler cassettes the day before the actual album came out. We sold the last one. Um, so we've got another round of those coming. We got a new round of me as a purple smoke, uh, new fr- uh, from the Meyer coming. And then we also have soon will be the seven aboard the shackle uh, soundtrack. Uh, those will be on cassette here sometime in the near future. Uh, I'd suggest looking at the Kickstarter and I think you could probably get it directly through them before we'll be able to directly sell. Um, once that kind of settles down, then I'll know what kind of numbers I have to work with for myself. Other than that, uh, go listen to the Frog Lord split. Go listen to Frog Lord. Uh, Me as Purple Smoke. There's a lot of really good songs on there too that uh, I was very angry during uh, the pandemic and that, that album was a good release for that. Uh, other than that, yeah, come come check us out. Follow us on all the social media and all that fun stuff. Bog Wizard on everything. Go. Do it. Sweet. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the podcast. This was a lot of fun yeah. and I'm happy to finally get you on here because it's like you've kind of you know, we kind of been like cohabitating, like in, a, yeah, yeah. in the same space, you know, the same people. It's like, oh yeah, this is bound to happen eventually. So should, should eventually get around to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what is, uh, what is this band Orcus? Is that, or is that how you okay, say it? So, Orcus? so this is actually not a band. This is, this is how my level of nerdiness goes. So this is um, a, a God from Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, wow. <laughs> An oh. evil God. So there's a, yeah, a line, uh, a line called uh, "Death Saves," and they do this crossover merch of like Dungeons and Dragons with like heavy metal aesthetic. And I'm like, "Yes, you are my people. Let's go. Let's do this." That's awesome. Um, so we have a bunch of shirts we wear of theirs, and it's also um, uh, Doom Vault also did a whole bunch of lines of shirts of metal spoofs. Like I've got a, a Metallica "Kill 'Em All" kind of shirt that's uh, says "Barbarian Kill 'Em All" or "Crit 'Em All" on it. So there's like all these like D and D reference mm-hmm. metal shirts. We, we like to wear those for uh, shows and stuff like that. And I actually just happen to have this one on today. <laughs> oh, last question. Are you, since you're uh, involved in video games, um, yeah. I'm not playing it right now, but Elden Ring? I'm not. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've never really played any of the Dark Souls kind of games. I'm more of like a first-person shooter sort of person. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, and occasionally like a, a Fallout or Skyrim kind of like RPG sort of thing. I almost got into Elden Ring and I was like, from all the hype and everybody talking about, I was like, damn, this sounds really cool. I have a bad habit of buying games and then never playing them or playing mm. the, like playing the shit out of them for like two weeks and then never touching them again. And I was like, I'm really worried that's going to happen again if I get Elden Ring. So I, I went on Twitch and I just watched a, like a bunch of random people playing it. And I was like, yeah, this is a cool game. I went like a week of just watching it. And I was like, okay, I got my fill of Elden Ring. I don't need to play the game. I've seen it. I'm going to get frustrated and kill somebody if I end up playing this game. <laughs> I, 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 don't, uh, I don't have yeah. the time to invest in these these days, unfortunately, anymore to like get good at a, a new game that's like high skill like that. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I actually just played Half-Life 2 for the first time in my life not too oh, long ago. Yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, I, and so I'm debating if I want to pick up Elden Ring or if I want to do Portal. But Highly Portal recommend Street. Portal, Portal 2, like that whole... Both those games are, are some of the fondest video game memories I, I have. So I highly, highly recommend. And if you can find a way to play Half-Life Alex in VR also, 
it is also very up there on my my video game experiences. Uh, yeah, I don't have the capabilities to do that right now, but gotcha. uh, definitely could play Portal if I wanted to. Yes, you you should definitely definitely play Portal. If you've never experienced Portal, if you've never played it, like just the it's it's a lot of jokes and a lot of humor on top of a really fun game. I will uh, consider doing that in the uh, near future and uh, when I'm uh, here by myself for a week and don't have anything else to do. Yeah, dude, it's a pretty quick game, dude. I, that's what I've heard. So awesome. Well, <clears throat> this has been uh, Bog Wizard, Palmen specifically, and uh, so go check out their lab with uh, Froglord, and that'll do it for this chapter of the diary.